0: Hello there, and welcome back to our four part series, RWA One Month Later. This is episode number 389 of Smart Podcast Trashy Books. I'm Sarah Wendell, and today I am speaking with RWA past president, Helen K. Diamond. I interviewed Helen K. in late September 2019 about the end of her term as president. And now we're looking back on the past month since the RWA decision against Courtney Milan was released. We cover a lot in this episode. And there are a number of questions that we don't know the answers to. We might not ever know the answers to these questions. But as someone who oversaw prior ethics committees and who served on the board for six years, including a year as president, Helen Kay knows a lot about what is supposed to happen, what might have happened here, and what may have gone wrong. Now, as I mentioned, this is a four-part series, and this is part two. One episode back will be an episode with the officers of Simra, and then tomorrow I will have an interview with Jesse Edwards, who is the marketing and PR manager for RWA, and then on February 3rd, you'll hear from Courtney Milan. You can find all of these episodes however you get your podcasts, or you can find them at com slash podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Angela James, and before you hit send, writing and self-editing course. You deserve an editor who values your unique style. Constructive criticism is important, but positive feedback, support, and encouragement are even more so. Angela James's editorial services are at the top of the industry, and if you're looking for a workshop that will dramatically improve your manuscript, help hone your craft, and take your writing to the next level, have a look at AngelaJames.co for information on all of her available publishing services and the Before You Hit Send workshop. Author Karma Kelly says, I personally have taken Angela's course last year, and I can say that it was eye-opening and helped me become much better at self-edits, and I no longer fear the dreaded revision process. Highly recommended for all writers at any level. You can visit AngelaJames.co to find out more. This episode is also brought to you by Lola, a modern approach to feminine care. Lola is a female founded company offering a line of organic cotton, tampons, pads, and liners. Lola is here to make your month a little easier. You get boxes in the mail on a schedule that works for you, and it includes exactly the mix of products you choose at the levels that you need on the schedule you decide. It is pretty marvelous. The products are 100% organic cotton with no added chemicals, fragrances, synthetics, or dyes. I was really impressed with the quality and the design and the convenience of the delivery. Working with Lola has been a really great experience. If you would like to try it, you can get 30% off your first month's subscription. Visit MyLola.com and enter SmartPod when you subscribe. This episode, all of the episodes in this series and all of the episodes of the podcast are hand transcribed by Garlic Knitter. Thank you, Garlic Knitter. And this series would not be possible without the Patreon community, especially making sure that each episode is accessible to everyone. If you have supported the show with a monthly pledge, thank you so very much. Your support is so incredibly appreciated monthly pledges start at one dollar so if what we do here in the show makes a difference to you have a look at patreon.com smart bitches if you would like to join our community it would be wonderful to have you and thank you again to our patreon community it would not be possible to do this series without you and speaking of the series let's get started on with my interview with helen k diamond Last night I spoke with um C Shalov and laurel cremont and and Diana from Simra yes they are they are they are tired,
1: yeah, they've been very pulling the load here
0: yeah, they are very tired, and they like me, are shocked that it has only been a month.
1: I know it feels like a year at this point it, i I think yeah.
0: Now, you and I recorded after you finished being president of Romance Writers of America, and your term ended with August 31st, right? Yes. So we recorded in the fall after you'd gotten a small amount of sleep, (laughs) and you were not answering the president's inbox, and Uh. you were feeling pretty good about all of the things that you and previous boards had accomplished and where the organization was when you left.
1: Yeah, naively so, yes yes yeah how how you doing now <laughs> not not as not as great right now i gotta i gotta be honest i i you know and i I've said this to a whole bunch of people i i was exhausted on august thirty first there's no question about that, but I was also really hopeful um i thought i thought the board that had been elected was great, like just just like a a fantastic mix of people, a fantastic mix of kind of people who had been there. So they had some institutional knowledge about kind of how we got to where we are and new folks. And, you know, you need the new folks for fresh ideas and excitement and all of those things. And I, I, yeah, I just, I, I, (laughs) I, I was I was really excited, and I knew some of the stuff that we had started to put into place, like mm-hmm. new programming and new ways to put our members in front of publishing professionals, and all of that was going to start kind of in the fall. And I, I know from experiences when something happens in RWA. Um, that is kind of catastrophic. Like the Rita finalist announcement last year, it derails everything, right? Yeah. It can derail everything. Yeah. And so when the ethics, you know, report came down and the decision came down, um, my thought was, it's going to derail, but they're going to do what they need to do. They're going to get out in front of this. They're going to apologize. They're going to kind of explain what happened here um, and how far we got off policy, if we got off policy. And um, can I
0: stop you? You need to stop saying we, because it's making my soul hurt. (laughs) I'm, I'm just I'm, I'm only half kidding because I know you feel a sense of responsibility having been involved for so long. Well, that's, and watching you it know, all go
1: so bad. Exactly. I was on the board for six years, and you, yeah. you can't. You know, something happened this fall with this ethics decision that had its roots in stuff that goes back for years. Right. I mean, I, we knew there were problems with the ethics code and we knew there were problems with accountability because we sat all last year and heard we don't think you guys have accountability down and then we had a town hall at the conference and it was clear that was our number one thing i even did like a statement to the members saying we heard you our our yeah. our accountability is off and we are going to review all these documents we're going to review the system, we're going to make it, make it clear how you file, um, review what happens once you do, all of those things. And all of that was also supposed to happen this fall and also gets derailed, right? Because
0: Well, it's hard to pivot a cruise ship.
1: It, you know, it is so I could, it is so hard to pivot that ship, and it's impossible to pivot it. If you're not being open and transparent, if you don't, um, you know, I joked last year, you know, when the Rita finalists were announced, I said, um, we're not only going to fall on this sword, we're going to disembowel ourselves on this sword. This, it stops here. No, this mess,
0: we own it
1: exactly. No more. Whatever, it doesn 't matter that it took thirty eight years or however many years to, to build it, we had to be the board that said enough and um mm. start listening and try to kind of turn things inside out and that 's a multi year process right like yep. that self examination now we've now we 've heard we 've listened finally. Um, and listening is going to be an ongoing thing. And now that we've listened, we can try to figure out where we start fixing the mess. And accountability was the first mess. You couldn't even get to it because this happened bef- beforehand,
0: right. And at this point, it's now the what the twenty fourth of January yeah 20, yeah, but the January is just it's like January feels a little bit like twenty nineteen. It's just not ending.
1: No, gosh. This month when you said it was a month, I was like it's a month, it feels like it's been 9 months.
0: Yeah, it's only been a month. It was yesterday that the decision was handed to Courtney and it was <sighs> on Twitter. It was it was 1 month ago on the 23rd of December of of January, which is just bonkers to me.
1: Well, and I think I actually have a lot of theories on kind of what happened with this particular case. I also That was uh
0: that was actually my next question. Yeah, I know that I-, I know that there are things that you can't say. Um, and I know that you are talking to the auditors, and I know that you're part of all of the inquiry, right? You're part of the inquiry because you were the immediate past president. Although now it's like two presidents back, yeah, I was say, um,
1: three presidents ago now. <laughs> three, yeah.
0: three presidents ago. <laughs> once upon a time, what the hell happened? I okay. There, there are. I don't expect you to have the perfect, correct answer. I know that no one actually knows.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I wasn't, you know, August 31st, I get cut off from all of this. And at that point, uh, you know, I don't, I'm guessing the, the, uh, the, the complaint hadn't even come in when I left. I just was told that people were complaining and, and, you know, what the subject was. But I, I think there are a couple pieces. I think there's a lot of um outside of Courtney's case how were these other cases handled and that i do have an explanation for it's not a great explanation but i do have one and then there's kind of my theory on Courtney's case and i i think when it comes to Courtney's case i you know i said this on twitter i think people want there to be kind of an Easy answer, and what what I mean by that is to say, aha, we look at this person, this thing, and that is the reason. And right,
0: it was it was Colonel Mustard in the study with the racism. That's what this was exactly. No, it's it when something this catastrophic happens, it's a multiple layer. It's like a cascade of small failures,
1: exactly, and that adding up to a big failure, exactly. And I think I I think what happened. was exactly that because I have to say I was on the board for six years for them with Courtney. The board didn't hate Courtney, right? Like they didn't. It was one of the most, I think it was the most diverse diverse board ever Mm -hmm. that made the decision to accept the ethics report against Courtney. It's not as simple as, Oh, the problem is a hatred of Courtney, Courtney, or I hate who Courtney is or anything. I think Really, what happens is um, this comes in. I think Allison and I start talking about the fact that she's getting these complaints and talking to people. Um, and it is literally August 27th. Okay, I'm leaving August 31st. And we are in the middle of doing a hundred things in August for the changeover. So this comes in and none of this excuses it. I'm just trying to say, I think it's a series of events. So this comes in while leadership is changing. This Mm -hmm. comes in at the end of an absolutely exhausting year. Like I can't even explain to you how exhausting it was. Um, A new board started literally the next day on September 1st and half of them had, they hadn't been trained. They didn't know anything, et cetera. And we had a case where the former immediate past chair of the ethics committee was the person who was being complained about. Mm -hmm. And there is no process in policy for that. There isn't. Mm -hmm. And that's part of the reason I got so upset that the board kept saying we follow policy. I'm like, there is no policy. Um, So I think what happens is it starts to derail, right? Like instead of saying, okay, but we do have a policy as to members and she's the member and we have a way, we have always handled these cases. We just follow that. Right, like we just keep going. I think what happens is it starts, it starts going sideways. Right, like, like before I left, the question was, should there be another ethics committee set up? And I said, and Carolyn Jewell said, absolutely not. No, of course not. We just ask the people on the committee if they can do it. They sign conflict of interest forms. Like, if there's a conflict, explain what we think a conflict would be you know, conflict out part of the committee. The rest of them are the ones that hear it. I don't know that that discussion of, of course, we don't set up a separate ethics committee happened on August 31st, my last right. day in office. I don't know what happened between that day and when they set it up October 1st, but something happened. Or several something. happened. So, several something happens. and And on August 31st, Allison Kelly recused herself from hearing uh, this case uh, with regard to Courtney. I worked with Allison for six years, um, was incredibly impressed with the way she handled things, kept the balls in the air. I sat on policy calls with her, with mm-hmm. Amazon and the Authors Guild, where she was the one that they looked to for. Um, you know, for concerns, suggestions, et cetera. She had incredible gravitas um, in the industry. People had great respect for her. I had great respect for her. I thought when she recused, it was the right decision. She Mm -hmm. recused as a result of an ongoing dialogue the two of us had where I had concerns about how she was viewing this case. She said, I just can't see this clearly. I'm going to step down. I had a lot of respect for that. It it takes a lot to be able to say, Mm -hmm. I can't see this the way I need to see this. Mm -hmm. I hope that she then did. Hi, Kitty. Um, I'm sorry. I, I apologize. Is that Marshall? This is Marshall. We adopted... This cat that we thought was this completely shy little boy cat. Nope. it turns out Marshall is a little girl cat, and she it, meows all the time, like, well, I have to get
0: her name for the
1: for the transcript yes she's she well, you're gonna need her approval, and I don't know, she's a little finicky, but all she right. she's clearly not getting the um uh, she needs right in this moment and sure not. she's okay, but i I mean, I hope. I hope she stayed out um, because she recused herself. My understanding is at some point, Carolyn recused herself. Um, I don't know why or what for, but Carolyn recused herself. And so if that's true, now we have a situation where we're, they're starting to go off policy, right? Um, The person who's always handled the cases isn't in the case. The president has possibly recused herself. And what happens is you just, I think you get further and further away from kind of how we've always handled this. It sounds as if I was not in on this. It sounds as if um, there were some things that if at any step, somebody had said, "Mm, wait a second, that doesn't make sense. Like setting up the separate ethics committee or, um, you know, there's a suggestion because of a, a letter that was sent uh, to a, to a member in response to everything that not all of the evidence the committee used um, was in the complaint mm-hmm. that Courtney had an opportunity to respond to,
0: and the fact that the complaint was filed by people who aren't members.
1: Yes we we have a complaint filed by people who aren't members we may have decision making based on something that's not in the complaint which is completely inappropriate because yes. courtney has to have an opportunity to respond to whatever the allegations are against her mm-hmm. this whole thing gets sent to the board and from what i can Fair it out, and I have already talked to the auditor as well. From what I can fair it out, the board was only allowed to look at the report. The board didn't see the complaint and the answer oh in making the decision, and that is completely not how we had done it for the last I don't know however many years. We don't we don't make the board rubber stamp with the ethics committee. Does the whole point is that the board is there as the last stop in oversight to say, wait a second, you guys seem to maybe have gone off the rails here a little bit and mm-hmm. are looking at things that aren't you shouldn't be looking at? And maybe, you know, those kind of things. And, um, you know, as somebody who had uh, in the past watched over the ethics committee, it is easy for a group of people who are sitting there and are tasked with this very difficult thing to kind of go sideways a little, right? Like not, not meaning evil, just you're talking. And then, you know, it's kind of the, well, I heard thing happens. Right. And, you know, as president, my job and as president elect, my job was, um, to say, no, 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 no. That's not what we're doing here. This is, We're a trade organization. There's a complaint to the trade organization based on X, Y, and Z. That's all you get to look at. And if you can't, that's okay. You just need to be honest about that. And then Mm -hmm. we'll just switch you out of the committee because that's the whole point. That's the due process piece. The person who has the complaint filed against them has to know everything that's being complained about and have an opportunity to speak to all of it. Um, Otherwise, this isn't this fair system. I think what happens is a whole bunch of things go off track here. When you look at each one individually, it's probably, well, that doesn't seem like that big of a deal. That doesn't seem like that big of a deal. But when you add it all together, plus the fact that folks who otherwise normally would have been watching this, the ED and the president, sound like they were both out of it, now you have a huge problem, right? Like it so, so, it, it's, yeah. it ends up in a catastrophic decision. And the decision itself says this entire organization needs to look at accountability, et cetera, which we already knew. So there's that piece. But for me, it's the 14 days after the decision where it feels like, statements with misleading information false information is being given to the members there isn't an open dialogue with the members mm-hmm. nobody is standing out there the president frankly the president's job is to stand out there and take the hit i'm going to be honest with you like it was not enjoyable for me last year with the ritas to be on the pan loop And and trying to answer questions there, and be on Twitter and trying to answer questions there, and answering the emails and doing all this kind of stuff. But you have to. There has to be a a right. There has to be a visible person who is answering questions, even if the answer is, I don't know how this went sideways. People respect. I'm not sure we're going to look at it, and that entire process will be transparent, so that you can see it as we're seeing it.
0: And that's and not it, what happened,
1: right, and people respect we messed up. We didn't do what we said we we would do, which is be transparent, so for me, it's those fourteen days like the r w a board they're volunteers the the ethics committee are volunteers, everybody's human, everybody can make mistakes. As frustrating as it is, I think the membership understands as long as you take ownership and you fix it and you try to do something different. Mm -hmm. But for 14 days to have what felt like a leadership vacuum, no answers.
0: That's a good word for it.
1: Behind the scenes, private calls. It sounded like a little bit of ass covering and not a whole lot of leadership.
0: Oh, I would say large, full five-masted <laughs> sailing ships full of ass covering,
1: and I and it's not. I served with these people. It is. Not, it's not. And I and many of them are very, very angry with me right now. But I don't. We didn't do that. You had a blueprint for what happened because we did it last year, right? Like this is a different thing. But we we hand we crisis management figured out how to do it last year. Why was it so different this year? And it just felt so secretive. And um you know, I I start hearing stuff like, well, you know, there's a conversation and the president said it's okay because he's gonna be exonerated. Who the hell cares if the president's exonerated? That's that's not what any of this is for, right? Like that's not that's not what this is about. This isn't to show somebody is innocent of something this is there was uh, there was a mistake we knew there was accountability issues and for some reason, instead of being extra careful, it sounds like you were extra not careful and then we ended up with this mess and instead of saying we ended up with this mess and the board takes responsibility and um, we're gonna do some very hard things including some of us might have to step down, etc it was like, Quiet. And then half the board steps down, and that sends the message of, okay, we're in big trouble here because to step off the board is, you know, not an easy thing, right? I I can say I personally write, like, I think I wrote my first email to the board on Christmas Day. Um, And, you know, it was like, these are the eight things you have to do, and you cannot wait a week. You have to do it. I know it's Christmas, you have to do it tomorrow. Like
0: my my thought was, you know, you you handed this decision down on the twenty third of December for whatever reason. You made this mess. Yeah, this sucks. But you have to deal with it. That's yeah. the job.
1: Yeah.
0: One of the things that that really really upsets me about this whole thing is that there has not been an answer why the consequence against Courtney was so egregious, why the 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 penalty that was handed was so egregious when that had never been done before and is the sort of thing that you do when someone steals money. Yeah. Right. Like what in the hell? So you have a board where half of them step down. They're still not allowed to talk. Right. Because of executive session. Executive session means that they can't talk about what happens or they lose their protection um, from being on the board in executive session. Right. All kinds of stuff that go around that. Um, so we're, we may never know exactly what happened to create the scenario where on the 23rd, Courtney is told she's banned from leadership for the rest of her natural life, which, oh my dear God, come
1: on, please,
0: please, <laughs> just, just know. And then it was like a dumpster fire only instead of trying to fix it, people were like, you know, what's a good idea? More kerosene. Yeah. You know, what will help condescension. That'll yeah. really, that'll really help. I sort of watched it and was like, "Is is this a demonstration of like, is this a parody?
1: Oh, I know. Is this
0: is this a joke? It, it got so bad that every hour something was changing
1: and it was getting worse. It it it, it really was a lesson in how not to crisis manage to crisis manage, and yeah. I got very frustrated because. Yeah, the board does have a fiduciary duty and uh there are certain things that board members have to do. And you know, it's not easy to bring another a fellow board member up on a fiduciary duty action, but you do it if you have to do it. Um, and that's all I can say about that because of executive session. But I was very frustrated that statements are going out that are obviously untrue obviously mm-hmm. untrue.
0: Yeah, you don't know what we know about Courtney. Oh, for the love of God.
1: Yeah, I mean like like what the hell? Like that's going out, there's a a letter that goes out that's like yeah, there's there's more to it. How can there be more to it? There can't be more to it. It has to be in the complaint and and there's a a statement that goes out that basically threatens the former board members who were standing up in concern. Um and I, I'm just like, guys, you were I don't, I know you don't realize you're doing it, but you're breaching your fiduciary duty every single day that you don't, you don't clean this up. And, um, and I I have to say that was a huge frustration to me because I was on the board with these people. These are smart, dedicated people. I don't know why they weren't doing the thing they had to do. And there was a lot of, well, there's stuff that we're doing. Okay. You can't do it in secret. Like, Like you can't do it in secret. It has to be done um, out there where people can see it. And if it's not, it doesn't feel real. And what happened is exactly what I warned them would happen. I said, if you don't get a hold of this, everything that has happened in RWA will come up and be fodder. You lose all credibility on every front because now every decision we've ever made is going to be questioned. I, I will say one thing because I've said this on Twitter, but I think it got buried. And I'm not sure kind of how else to say it. And I don't know why the board isn't saying it. So I'm going to say it. I can tell you why other complaints did not get passed to the ethics committee last year, right? Like that's a big issue. Mm -hmm. Why does the one with four against Courtney get through, but the complaints that I filed against things that people said on the pan form did not get through. And the answer is a very not pretty one, but I'm going to tell you the absolute truth. Up until when I was president-elect, so good Lord, when was that? 2018. I was looking for something in the in the policy manual and realized that our non-discrimination section only related to membership, i.e., RWA shall not discriminate in who it allows to be a member based on sex, ethnic background, et cetera, right? There was no general non-discrimination. Like, just in general, there shall not be discrimination on the forums, on this, on that, in, in workshops, etc. But That was like 2018. Every board before that missed it. Every single board before that missed it. We And we fixed it. And we made it broader. Okay? Mm-hmm. So now fast forward to uh, the year that I'm president. What's happening is over time, I th- I think the reason nobody noticed the non-discrimination is for a very long time, authors of color... LGBTQ plus members, disabled members didn't file complaints, et cetera, because frankly, they didn't think anything would happen. Like they were made invisible in a lot of ways in Mm -hmm. RWA Mm -hmm. and us realizing that they didn't have a voice and were basically being told to sit in another room and, you know, to be quiet and be happy if we let you, you know, have a book or two or whatever. We didn't realize that was happening, our fault until Courtney Milan came on the board and she explained to us, you think everything's great. It's great for a portion of the membership. It's not great for all of the membership. Mm -hmm. There are things happening out there where members are being told they're really not welcome in chapters and events, sitting at the same table at conference, all of those things. Mm -hmm. And they quietly to you, but voice it among each other somewhere else. So I think there was no awareness for a long time. Then there starts to be awareness, which is a very, very recent thing. We realize we have this problem with the non-discrimination piece. We fix that. Then last year, people become more vocal, like enough, If you're supposed to be listening to me, RWA, and I'm supposed to have a voice, then when this person says this offensive thing to me on pan loop, I'm going to file a complaint. And that hadn't really happened before. Mm -hmm. So it looks like these complaints are coming in. And I start getting emails saying, you know, like a complaint came in, but I haven't heard anything. You know, what happens? And I'm like, I'll check. And I'm checking with Allison, and she's stuck in this position where – She's like, okay, but what, what do I do? What do I do with it? Like what, like, like, there
0: was, there was no, no process.
1: There's no process. And what I realize is I go back into the policy manual and I realize that if you look under the ethics committee and under the ethics code, it lays out what the ethics committee has jurisdiction over. Discrimination cases was not included, not included. It was not included until July. Oops. The first case that's filed after is the one against Courtney. Oh jeez. So I know that people think it's staff is hiding them or whatever. That's really not what it was. What it was, for a long time, the complaints didn't come through the ethics process. You know, we have a diversity committee. They start here, They start hearing some of the stuff they and Allison talk about. Kind of, do the people want to file? Do they not want to file? Etc. They're not filing, and then last year, in the summer, after the Ritas, people start filing, and we have no process. And we knew we still had a problem because I said to. Allison, okay. We've now said the ethics committee handles discrimination cases. How is it pattern and practice of discrimination? Is it saying I don't like lesbian romances? Is that enough? Is like like we still didn't have the pieces we needed Mm -hmm. for an ethics committee to be able to like I don't know how they would have made a decision like that. You know? It
0: also creates a problem because part of the issue is that RWA is providing the platform for yeah. all of these things to be said in the in the pan loop. Like I, as you know, mm-hmm. run a comment section. It's a large part of my job. And yeah. I am in charge of who I'm hosting. Like I pay a server bill. It's a big bill. And uh, I'm in charge of deciding what I host on my server when people comment. I'm not a utility Right. I'm not a public service. I can say, yeah, no, I'm not hosting your bullshit transphobia. Please fuck off into the sun. Right. And I think that part of the issue here is that in addressing discrimination, of which there is a lot, um, I think RWA was also coming into the discomfort of recognizing recognizing its full culpability in hosting all of that discrimination yeah. and not doing anything about it. It makes me think of something that I learned about pilots when there's an emergency Mm -hmm. the first thing you do is aviate then you navigate then you communicate the first thing you have to do is keep the fucking plane in the air yeah to navigate to a place either your airspace or a location on the ground where you're safe and then communicate to any passengers what the fuck is happening
1: right
0: now if you do if you change that into advocacy and um community and all of the things that are what what was the third thing that rwa does is advocacy there's advocacy education networking education thank you and community the community part is a major problem and yes. it needs to be much less important now that advocacy and education have failed so dramatically mm-hmm. And that—that's well, the part that makes me so angry. <laughs> Among other things, there's a lot of things that make me mad, but that's well, one the, of them.
1: I, I mean, we could talk about the 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 advocacy piece is actually the piece that I'm the most furious about at the moment. What is
0: happening with that?
1: Like, well, I rem-
0: what can you what can you tell me about Dream Spinner? Is there anything you can tell me about Dream Spinner?
1: Um, I can tell you what what was happening with Dream Spinner. Um, while I was there. So this is handled at the staff level, right? And I think what they do is this balance at the beginning when complaints start coming in of do we come out really strong and we accidentally force the publisher to go under or mm-hmm. do we try to see what we can do to – is it salvageable and what is it we can do to try to help salvageable, salvage it so it doesn't go under – Etc. And um, I, I'm trying to think. This must have been July, August. Um, it got to the point where I thought the balance was the wrong balance. Uh, that we needed to take a much stronger stance on um, Dream Spinner. And I asked Carol to send a letter to Dream Spinner asking specific questions having to do with kind of, okay, but you're getting money every month. Tell me the breakdown of where that money is going. Um, You're, you know, you're having some party or event. How is that being paid for? All of these things to try to get to, well, there's money there. Why, why aren't the authors getting paid first? The answers that Carol and Allison got back, uh, they thought were unsatisfactory. And at that point we removed dream spinner kind of from the approved list. And they were, that means they were not allowed to come to conference and, you know, solicit authors. They weren't allowed to host events, all of those things. So basically RWA sends the message that we don't think this publisher is acting in a way that's appropriate, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Um, That was, right before I left. And normally, or not normally, but like with Sam Hain and Triskelion, which was years ago, um RWA uh has tried to help the authors. Like Triskelion, when they go into bankruptcy, RWA uh offered to buy back the rights and give them to the authors. Mm-hmm. The authors said no, but the RWA offered to do that. So I don't know what's happening with dream spinner right now, but I think the answer is there might not be much happening anywhere at all right now. Um, right. Because, uh, we had st- we had started last year, um, Uh, we put a policy committee in place. And this is the group that was in charge of informing the board of issues uh, like Amazon changing the Audible contracts and Mm -hmm. AB5, which is a um, bill in California that changes kind of uh, how writers can freelance and is going to kind of I think make a move across the country and is causing a lot of problems for writers. We were, we set up this group so that the board would know and then the, the group would make suggestions to the board. Do you just notified to the board? Does RWA take a position on open Mm -hmm. library on all of these things? Um, And we had gotten that up and running last year and it's a huge advocacy point Mm -hmm. um, to make sure we're a trade organization to make sure our writers do um, what was happening in the industry. And, um, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that's not happening now. I I stepped down as chair because I'm like, I'm not going (laughs) to, I'm not until you get your act together. I'm not, I'm not going to be part of this. Um, but like, I don't know. I I don't know where that piece of the, that's a huge piece of the advocacy that's gone. The dream spinner. I, you know, the problem you have is when there's this much internal strife and it's handled yeah. this poorly, yep. there's no ability for RWA to then go out and be like, Amazon, you're doing the following things wrong. Dream Spinner, you're doing the following things wrong because isn't their response yet? Yeah, get your own house in order and then you can come right. back like, and tell we us. We don't
0: need to listen to you anymore. Exactly. Like, that's that's that is the biggest a loss. Huge
1: loss. I cannot impress upon people, I, I, my view was always that RWA did an incredible job behind the scenes advocacy with Amazon, with Facebook, working working with the guild to do things, um, working directly with publishers. RWA did a terrible job of letting the members know that they were doing all this work behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. And the problem now is how do they do that work behind the scenes? Well, I mean, one of the things I said
0: to um, Kelly Faircloth at Jezebel was, you know, RWA used to be able to call Amazon and they had a person that they would call. And then that person would like answer their phone and be like, hello, RWA, what's up? And like, you actually had people to talk to instead of just filling out a form, hitting send and hoping someone listened. There was a connection there. And that is, if it's not destroyed, it's worth about a 10th of what it was.
1: Well, that's it, right? Like it's because when we have the strength behind us it was a force, right? Yep. But when you don't feel like you got anybody behind you, then why does Amazon care? And I have to say, it's it's not just that Amazon had a person. We did. We had a person. Uh, Carol was an ongoing contact with that person. But we also, along with Authors Guild, the Science Fiction and Fantasy Writers of America, uh, Nink, and a couple other groups, we we had. Private discussions with people at Amazon, mm-hmm. where we could say, Here is the problem like let let's talk about the fact that you have a category called African American Romance, and the top one hundred people in it are really scammers let's talk about that and why you don't care let's mm-hmm. that has to fix that is that is an ongoing conversation that took a long time to get their ear and start having a conversation with them and private conversations. Like they would sit down with us and give us an hour where we could talk about that. And, Mm -hmm. and, you know, the pirates and uh, piracy and all of these things. Where's that now? Right. Like, like that's a, that is the people think of, I think sometimes members are like, Oh, uh, RWA is the readers in the pan loop, and oh. I have to say, especially when I was president elect and president, that was the least interesting part of my of the of anything that RWA was doing
0: in an industry and in a environment where the people with the most money have the most power. Yep you're a trade organization that is not in existence to compete or make money or be a retailer that you can band together with other writers organizations and advocate collectively with someone who literally doesn't have to listen. Yes. It is a massive loss. Now you mentioned that you're like, I'm not, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not giving you any more of my information or of my, of my energy that you have really just been like RWA. I am so fucking done.
1: Well, here here's the thing. So I, I was supposed to do two things. I was I was chair of the policy committee to keep giving that information to members. And um, I had volunteered to review all of the governing docs with a group of people um, and go through and say, this is where our ethics code falls down. This is where mm-hmm. our chapter code of conduct doesn't make sense. You know, a lot of these documents have been piecemealed together to try to, but they're really documents that were like the ethics code written a long time ago and a lot of things have changed. So they everything needs to be updated and fixed. And when I wrote and said, you got to get on top of this immediately and nothing happened and I didn't get a response and I wrote a second time and they still didn't do anything. And I didn't get a response. My third one was, you know what? <laughs> I don't, if you're not going to save RWA, I'm not, I'm not like, like I can't fix this. Like I, like, I'm willing to help fix a whole lot of people are willing to help fix. You've got an entire chapter that is stepping up and is doing everything they can on a recall position petition, because they do want to fix RWA not because they want to destroy it. They want to fix it. But if you're not, you guys aren't willing to like talk to us, respond to anything. I don't, I don't know what, what I'm doing out here. I did step down from those things so, you got no response from the board, no response Never.
0: from staff, no response from anyone?
1: No. And um, then what I did was. After how many years? Six years. Six years. And I, you know, I, the one response I got was kind of a I was insulted that you said the stuff you said on Twitter. And I was like, really? I think of all the people standing right now, the person who gets to be insulted is me like like are you kidding me everything that we did last year what i did to my career to to try to put rwa in the right thing and you can't respond to me are you kidding me um and you're not
0: allowed to be angry and express that out loud on twitter we've established what happens when you do that
1: well and yes exactly we we, we've told you what we will do to you i'm like kick me out of rwa go ahead but i i wasn't (laughs) you know are you
0: still the member i am
1: i am i'm an honorary member so i'm a oh lucky you yeah
0: I'm a member through the thirty first of December of this year. I'm a ninety nine dollar pain in the ass now.
1: Well, and that's, I I think that's the right answer, right? Like because it's, <laughs> it's like I'm like look, there's you owe a whole lot to t- to what used to be ten thousand members and now is probably closer to eight, but you you owe a whole lot to these members, and you aren't doing anything, and then to turn around and say I'm not allowed to get on Twitter. And be concerned? I, I I'm angry. You like? Excuse me. Yeah, I do. Every member does. You're lucky eight thousand members aren't there doing that. That it's more like a couple hundred. So I was very. I'm not going to lie. I was very frustrated. But I also know what RWA can do when it's doing when it's moving forward when the ship is turning the right way. And so I worked behind the scenes with uh Leslie Kelly and D Davis the two presidents before me mm-hmm. and a whole group of former board members who care and who mm-hmm. know because our position was we wrote to the board three times at least at least twice i think three times and our position was nobody knows more than we do how crappy this feels. We know exactly how it feels to be in the firing line and to be blamed. We know how it feels to feel like you're not doing enough and you're, you're upset and you don't know which way to turn. We get it. We get it. We've all done it. Let us help you. And please stop fucking up. But, and no. Yeah. Like, like just stop the, ble- I think I said on Twitter, I don't know how many times stop the bleeding. They couldn't seem to stop the bleeding And, um,
0: nobody was driving that flying umbrella. Nobody
1: or or the person at one point who's flying it was somebody who thought the better way to fly it was to not respond to members and to quietly pick a few people he thought would listen to him Mm -hmm. and have private conversations with them. That's the exact wrong thing to do. It's the Mm -hmm. exact wrong thing because it just accidentally, shores up the whole secrecy piece, right? Like even if he wasn't being secretive, it looks secretive. And, Mm -hmm. and that's a huge, that's a huge problem. And I've, I've probably uh, to the point where my husband was like, are you RWA president again? I probably answered, I don't know how many emails from people and phone calls from people saying, you know can we do this can we do this can we do this my position has been we have to be really careful i know people want a special election and they want this and they want that and i'm like okay but we're in this position because policy wasn't followed so to then come up with a solution that is not in policy anywhere not in our governing docs what like is that the right answer i don't think that's the right answer like i think you have to do this as close as you can to, to what's allowed.
0: But the the current situation where there's uh, like five board members yeah, and a temporary executive director and then a former executive director who's still there, all of that seems like it's not only in violation of the organization structural agreement, but it's also possibly in violation of nonprofit law in the state of Texas. They don't have a president. That, that's a huge problem. And, and this is, am I wrong that that's there? There's, I mean, I know there's state laws governing operation of nonprofits and I'm not fluent in the Texas laws by any stretch, but you have to have a president. Like that's how that
1: works. I I actually think under Texas law, you have to have a president and a secretary and we have neither. Um, Yeah. I, but here's the, this, this is, this is the piece of their own making, right? Because what happened is they waited too long. If, if they had done this and they had gone to, there's a limited pool of people who are qualified to be president. I know. And there's a reason that those limitations are on. And I actually think they're the right limit, probably the right limitations. You, you want as a president, somebody who has been on the board and understand how the board works because it's a totally different beast from even a chapter board. It's a totally different thing. You want them to have recent romance publishing experience so that they are absolutely connected to what is happening right now in the industry. You want them to have a certain number of years in RWA showing a commitment to RWA and a certain number of books printed showing some experience level. Mm-hmm. Are the numbers wrong? We can, we can all debate what the numbers should be, three years versus five years, all of those kind of things. But though, I think there's a reason for each of those pieces. And there's a limited pool of people who are qualified. I know if RWA had done what it should have done, which is get out in front of this, do appropriate crisis management in those first two weeks, there would have been people, I know because I talked to them, who reluctantly would have stepped up and been Mm -hmm. the interim president Mm -hmm. But what happens is it goes on and it keeps going on. And now you're asking somebody to step up who already doesn't want to step up. And you're asking them to step up. And one of their first acts might be that they have to tell the entire board to step down because they've all breached their fiduciary duty. That's a pretty... Crappy first job, right? And the board isn't
0: going to be like, yes, let me bring someone in who will then tell me to go.
1: Exactly, right? So you have to bring in this specific person. This person has to be a specific person. This person has to be the person that says, like everybody that I talked to that was qualified, I said, look, they said, what do you think the job is? I said, this is exactly what I think the job is for the next eight months. You are the orchestra conductor you mm-hmm. do not put new policy in place do not make huge decisions you keep the you keep the orchestra playing you flip the organization inside out you make sure everything is transparent you have to fill the board you get a whole bunch of people who want to be on the board to sign somewhere and then make that list public and you pick from that list. And when people ask you why you pick, you be ready to say why you pick that person, these this group of people. And that group of people stays in until August when there's a new election. And that group of people, is they are the triage people. That's all right. their job is for eight months, is to put... Try to put as much back in place as they can, not make any sweeping changes. Be completely mm-hmm. transparent. Be giving statements to the to the membership every couple of weeks, saying, "Here's where we are. Here's where we're going next." And be will and go on the pan loop and wherever else you have to go and stop the nonsense that starts with "This is really about the Golden Heart." It, it, stop all that nonsense because that just, all just that close does the is be
0: it just, just shut him down. It just, just shut yes. him down. Yeah. I don't need to be there. Fuck the forums. Just get rid of paying.
1: Oh my God. I can't even tell you how hard it tried. and um, <laughs> I, can't, I can't, I, I won't, I won't lie. And I tried and I tried the first steps and there was a huge outcry. Um, and we backed Oof, off of it. I'll and that, that, that is one thing that in hindsight, um, Maybe I should have backed off of, of it. We said we'd reassess. And, um, the, you know, the, the only person other than staff that had the ability to moderate a, a comment on the PAN loop last year was me. Right, and I, because that's I the
0: thing you had time to do.
1: And I didn't even get that until, oh, gosh, May or June. And I'm like, you got to give it to me. And then what I would do is I'd put somebody in moderation and then they would just scream at me in my emails. And I would mm-hmm. say, every time you do that, I'm guaranteeing I'm not putting you back on the, <laughs> on the loops because you're not in control of yourself yet. This brings
0: me to my other problem with RWA, which I've written about, which I know you've, which I know you've read. Um, there's a sizable portion of the membership that is racist, mm-hmm. bigoted resistant to change and is not letting go of that position. And part of the problem is that RWA, especially in the pan forums and in chapters and in different gatherings has made it safe for those people to, to behave in ways that are absolutely abhorrent. Yeah. And I don't know, like I look at RWA right now as a, as a member and I'm like, I don't want to give this organization any more of my energy because it is a fucking disaster and i'm very angry about it right and i agree that there's an advocacy element that is a substantial loss if it goes away it is staggering to me how fast the status of the organization was destroyed after that many years of building industry industry clout basically and as you and i both know it's super easy to convince a publisher not to spend money by going to a conference, it's going to be really hard to be like, yes, come back and spend 30, 40, exactly. 50 grand. They, I mean, that's not – that that budget is now going to be free to publish lots and lots of books by white women about Mexican migrant families. That's, yeah. That money's going to go to a great place, I'm certain. <laughs> and barb, don't forget about the barbed wire centerpieces. That's very important wow. too. And nail um, polish. Oh, please. Absolutely. The manicures are key. You got to have that Instagram element. <laughs> but but RWA houses a lot of racists.
1: Yeah.
0: It houses a lot of bigots hmm. and hasn't gotten rid of them.
1: No. I, I think there are two things. I think, and and both right now are lost. I think one thing is last year, all of the talk about DEI and the open house and, um, hiring the DEI consultant, etc., made those folks very uncomfortable. And they would write and say things that I can't believe they would say in person, but they would write and say things. And the position that I took And the position that I asked the board to take and we all agreed was instead of saying RWA is welcoming to everybody, we have to start saying there are some people for whom RWA will not be comfortable. And if you believe that not everybody deserves love and a happy ending And if you believe that by virtue of the color of your skin, you automatically probably don't write books that are as good as the other books, you know, that kind of thing. Um, what, What we have to do is be okay with saying, this organization is not going to be comfortable for you and you need to find another organization instead of in the past, the organization kind of expanding and quieting that person down and letting them be a part of it. We have to be comfortable with saying we are not for everyone. And if you don't believe in happy endings for everyone, then you're the one that has to leave, not us. And that is a very, that's a, saying that is so simple, it leads to this huge upheaval, right? Where last year there was, there was a take RWA back group, right? Like I heard from Mm -hmm. them, we want to take it back. And I, I would say, where, where are you taking it back to? Even though I know the answer to that question, where do you think you're taking it back to? And that is the very uncomfortable, you have to make it uncomfortable for folks who have a different worldview when it comes to who gets a ha- when it gets a worldview that is different from the value- stated values of RWA, which are right on our website, mm-hmm. we have those values. If you can't meet those values, you need to leave, and that is a difficult process, and it's a lot of screaming, and it takes time, but you got to keep at it. The whole point is, we had just started that; they had to keep at it this year, and now there's nothing. Right? So that's one way it falls down. The second way it falls down is, again, we didn't have the right accountability and the right policy and measures for dealing with that in our governing documents. We recognize that, we set it. We promised we would fix it. I mean, I promised that at the AGM. I told- That was, them, that was you were chair of that committee. Uh, yes, I'm I'm going to chair that committee when I'm not president. The staff is already kind of looking at all the chapter stuff. We're going to do all this. I'm going to sit down with the lawyer. All of that's going to happen. Now that's gone too, right? So both mm-hmm. pieces, the pressure on people who are like, this is uncomfortable to me. Okay, you can find it uncomfortable And if you want to be educated and you're willing to listen, then there's a place for you. If you find it uncomfortable and you fight back and you continue to say awful things, there's not a place for you. That, if you don't have a board and you don't have leadership pressing that point, you lose that point, which means the worst thing is you don't start back where we were last year. You go way back further than that. Right. Because those folks now feel comfortable again.
0: They feel very comfortable. There's
1: no anything that's going to happen to them. Right. Like the governing documents aren't fixed. There's not leadership stepping in on A loop, I think, I don't think it's happening because I'm not on the loop, but I get the impression it's not happening where they say, This isn't okay. I'm putting you in moderation. You're done. Mm -hmm. And there's no ongoing belief system in RWA where DEI is a value, not just a catchphrase we use when it's convenient. We're back to a catchphrase we use when it's convenient because it's not being pressed forward. And the most recent statement that the board gave, I thought was the most hopeful statement, um, where they talked about hiring somebody. But, you know, I have to say, if I were an author of color or a disabled member or an LGBTQ member, I would be saying, okay, but Helen Kay said this last year. Yeah. We are now a year out
0: we're hiring another consultant. Consultants are not going to help you with this at this point. No.
1: And well, and the consultants will tell, I spoke to so many consultants before we hired Sunny and every one of them said the same thing. Okay. RWA is not in charge of getting rid of racism. Like you can't cure racism. All you can do is provide the education, provide the listening forms and make it difficult for people with those values to be in your organization. That's, that's what you can do. You can't, you can't cure it. You can't, you can't ever make it perfect. You can just be open, transparent, listening and pushing every time to make it better.
0: And you can specifically state, this is not okay. Exactly. And here are the consequences for this behavior. Right. And it can't be, it can't be inconsistent it has to be consistent and clear and and i mean i fuck that up oh. you know there are times no. when i'm too permissive with someone who i should have moderated and i should have limited long before i did um you know like i have this part where like, okay okay M- benefit of the doubt maybe this person no 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 i was wrong that person knew exactly what they were saying and they needed to be told this isn't welcome please fuck off into the sun um it's hard when that person has paid you dues yeah that that also gets complicated. So you're no longer going to serve on this committee. There are people who are eligible to be president who are like, "Fuck no!" Uh, RWA seems to be sort of just spinning in the water, doing nothing. Yeah, like there's there's no communications coming out. I, I, the 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 lack of the lack of crisis con- conversation uh, communication. The lack of yeah. crisis communication is staggering to me.
1: Staggering. Like,
0: Uh, How, how, how do you fuck up that grandly? It takes work to fuck up that hard. It it really does. Is is RWA just, is is RWA just, just, just done? Like, (sighs) like, do we have to wait till August to see what happens? Because I'm not impressed with the, with what remains of this board. Everything they do seems terrible.
1: Well, the answer can't be, I mean, I, I, I know their shell so shock. I mean I I know what it feels like to have the thing that you didn't see coming or that you should have seen coming um come at you and but those first 2 weeks were critical. They failed in absolutely every way possible. Every single way possible they failed. And right. getting the trust back after that is a huge thing. And we had only last year we hadn't even earned trust back. All we were asking for is give us a chance to show you we can do better, and people did, and this happened, right? And I, I, th- I think the piece that keeps there are a couple piece, pieces for me. One is everybody makes mistakes, right? This 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 is a this is a volunteer board it is really hard. It sucks up a lot of your time and energy, all of those things.
0: Yeah. We talked about this, how many books being on the board
1: has cost you. Absolutely. All of those things are true, but you can't, you, you gotta, you gotta come out and say when you made a mistake, or if you don't know what to do next, whatever it is, you have to, you have to be willing to say it. So we had 14 crisis days that they completely messed up. I mean, there's no, I don't know anybody who could look at that and say they did a good job. They did a terrible job, which sent the entire organization spinning. Now we've had another two weeks and it feels like the answer in these two weeks are, we're just going to bump along until August. I think if that's what they end up doing, RWA's finished. RWA's RWA's is finished that's that's eight months it's it's just too much The folks who are on the board have barely been on the board. The fact that they continue to not be able to get out in front of this and at least say this we are triaging like we they keep saying now they've said we have a triage plan uh, okay we're a month out triage has to start soon and it still hasn't started and i I don't know who's going to take this. I, I just there's don't. no
0: if, if there's any blood left in the organization. It's not enough to
1: sustain life at this point. No, and and I think you know what I said to. I have talked to the auditor, and what I said to the auditor is, for me, and and she knows that I think it's a series of things. And I said, for me, the question that RWA has to ask itself, and I think it has to ask it in public, is. If we had a system that we always used and we had a policy on how we went forward and handled these things and it wasn't followed this time, we need to answer why was it different for Courtney? That, I think, requires some really hard questions that they have to answer. Was it different for Courtney because Courtney's a loud voice? Was it different for Courtney because of who she is, what her background is? What is it? And those are hard questions to ask because I think some of those answers won't be very pretty. Why was it different? I mean, the auditor asked me specifically, um, like, are you and uh, Courtney good friends? And I said, look, I put her, I asked her to be ethics chair she didn't really want to and i asked her to be ethics chair and i did that because i served with her for 4 years and what i saw was that she um had an she was incredibly good at thinking through pro- problems she's very smart she was really fair on every ethics thing I had ever seen her work on, on the board, Mm -hmm. like on how she came to a decision and what information she needed. And she was always very impressive in her ability as a board member. If she had a position, but she heard something that made her change her position, she Mm -hmm. had an ability to do that. And Mm -hmm. I have to tell you, Her ability to do that was much greater than my ability to do that, right? Because as a lawyer, you kind of entrench and argue. And she had an ability to hear differing points and say, okay, now let's, all right, now that we know that, let's think of it this way. Um, All of that being true, Courtney, because she is on Twitter, bringing out things that should be done better, weren't done right, et cetera. So you know that. But that's that's not a – I never thought of that as a negative thing. I thought of that as a positive thing in that she thought of things I didn't think of. She thought in ways I didn't think. And I always believed if I emailed her and said, you said X on this day, what did you mean? I thought this was okay, whatever, that that we could have a conversation because she was coming at it from an advocacy For RWA and the people in it, and for members who didn't have a voice for a long time. And yeah, people might not have liked the way she did it, and people might have thought she was too loud or that she spoke up when it wasn't her turn to speak, whatever. Whatever. Somebody was out there speaking for our members, and that might not make the job, President's job easy, but it's an important thing. So, if the ethics committee viewed it differently or if anybody looking at this who had a vote saw it differently and that weighed into their decision i think that needs to be honestly assessed and told to the membership
0: and it's not like there's not going to be a paper trail this was not all done verbally
1: well that's it i mean i you know i
0: you're like, going to be able to trace what happened if someone reveals like all if someone gives access to the documents
1: and and i I think they have. I mean, I handed over my documents and you can see where I say, I'm concerned about this. And thank you, Allison, for recusing. And this should not have been escalated the way it was. And um, of course you can't set out a separate, a second ethics committee. And all of that's there as well as my letter to Courtney asking her to step down is from the ethics committee. You know, it, it all gets handed over the good stuff that the stuff that's that doesn't look good for you. It does right. You hand it all over and then you explain why you made the decisions you did. And I think at the end of the day, a lot of those decisions when coupled together ends up in this bad place. That's one piece. The other piece is, why was it so easy to do something different for Courtney? That's the second, third, second piece. And the third piece, which for me in some ways is the biggest piece. Why? Once you knew there was a problem, did you handle it this way?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Uh, Because you you made a shitty
0: decision. You back down from the shitty decision. You won't talk about how this happened and you refuse to deal with the fallout of both parts. Exactly.
1: Well, and, you know, the, the auditor said to me, do you think it was the right decision to rescind? I'm like, I'm like I, I, can you show me in policy where the board's allowed to just unilaterally rescind its own decision? I mean, that's, right, like it's just one more time where I'm like, wait, what? What, like, you know, if you send out statements saying policy was followed, okay, then why did you rescind the decision? If you really believe that policy was followed and everybody did everything right, then the decision against Courtney should stand and you should, you should be able to defend that, but you can't. So like you're talking out of nine different sides of your face here. Like, like it's like not all of these things can be true and you have to sit back and say, what, what piece, like where, where, all the places this went wrong and what biases did people bring to the table? What were those biases? Was Courtney too loud? Was Courtney like it's life would be easier if there wasn't a person out there, you know, pointing out the things that RWA does wrong. Of course it would be easier. That doesn't mean it would be better. It just means it would be easier. Uh, But your job isn't easy. Right? So, um, I feel terrible for her because this is a huge, I can't even comprehend the emotional, uh, how, like how much she's given and how much she's had to talk about this and live with it and the frustrating it is for her. But the fact that it was her um, kind of allows RWA to review it talk about it, take ownership of it, apologize for it, and fix it.
0: None of that happened.
1: All of that should have happened in the first 14 days. And the fact that it didn't is the thing that makes me the angriest because, because of that, our advocacy efforts, our education efforts, our networking efforts are all gone right now. All gone. Yep. And it could take down chapters, including great chapters like Simra and other chapters who are out there working for members.
0: Yeah. And and doing a lot of work on behalf of an organization that isn't working for them at all. Isn't working for them. So you're still doing a lot, even though you're not part of any committees or doing any work on behalf of RWA. You're still dealing with this.
1: Yeah. I have tried behind the scenes when people have asked for kind of uh, my thoughts on what the bylaws say on what policy says on um, ways to who to communicate with, what to say, et cetera. I have, I've, I've tried to help behind the scenes with that because RWA matters to me. And I think the piece that the board right now is missing is that the fact that people are so angry, the fact that people on Christmas day were willing to talk about this. Organize. Yeah. The fact that Simrel was able to put together a recall petition during a time when people were trying to spend nice time with their families and friends. They did it twice too. Did it twice. Right. You don't do that unless you give a shit. Right? Like they want RWA to be robust, fair, open, listening, transparent, networking, doing all of those things. They want it. They just want it to be for everyone, not just for a few nice light, white ladies, right? And mm-hmm. that's not that much to ask, but you don't fight for something if you don't care. And if you mm-hmm. have this many people, Who care? And you have RWA whose budget, uh, like up until right now, has been rock solid. Mm -hmm. We're talking about a a, a base of operations of like three or four million dollars. Yes, yes. You don't get the benefit of the doubt if you if you're not leading, right? Like if you stay quiet and don't do anything, then everything comes into doubt, and that is a tragedy. That's a tragedy. because then I don't know how RWA functions. I really it don't. Does,
0: it, it didn't have to end this way. No. it looks like it's going to end this way.
1: No, it did not have to end this way. And it shouldn't have ended this way. And the fact that it could end, that it took such a short period of time and so few people to bring down something that had been uh, for decades... Doing at least a portion of its job exceptionally well. I think I think we've had a serious problem with not giving all of our members the same attention and et cetera, and that's something mm-hmm. that we do have to take ownership of and fix. But um, the idea that it took so little time to bring it to its knees is just shocking to me. At this very moment, it feels like it's serving the people who are not fighting for it. Right? It's not serving Simra and they're Mm -hmm. fighting for it. It's not serving the people on the pan loop who are saying, enough with this kind of garbage talk. Like, enough. It's not serving them. Nope. And they're fighting for it. So it's what I said before. We've kind of retreated and those folks that we told we're okay if it's not comfortable for you here anymore. I think right now it is comfortable for them, and I think, very comfortable. I think it's only comfortable for them. It's not comfortable for me. I've been a member probably for seventeen years. I mean, a yeah. long time. You know, I served on my chapter level as as uh, as a um, officer. I served six years on the board. Um, I'm not a joiner. I did it because I cared, and then I stayed. I had no intention of being president of RWA. I stayed because I thought we had made progress and that I could help push it forward to then see where we are now compared to- Very
0: disheartening.
1: It's very disheartening. And it's disheartening for me. I cannot imagine how it feels. I cannot comprehend how it feels for our members of color, our LGBTQ members, our disabled members- I just, we're we're not giving anything to them. And yet they're pushing. That's amazing to me. Like the door is slammed in their face repeatedly. And they're like, we're going to try to open it one more time. Mm -hmm. They have to be exhausted. And people are like, oh, you can go to the Authors Guild. You can. I've dealt a lot with the Authors Guild. It's not the same thing. It's not the no, same thing. No, they don't
0: have the fluency in the issues that romance deals with.
1: No, it's, a t- it's, it's t- yes. And, and sometimes they are looking out for a broader writer perspective that does not match with where RWA or where our members are on a, on a mm-hmm. certain issue. It's just, it's, it's, it's a nice extra It actually Mm -hmm. is not an organization that is out there advocating for romance, which is what Mm -hmm. RWA was. And I hate the fact that I just used the past tense, but that's how it feels.
0: And that brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you to Helen K. Diamond for her time and for her efforts to both explain and, as she put it, stop the bleeding. Now, she didn't mention it, but I'm going to. Her latest books are Her Other Secret and The Secret She Keeps, both of which are on sale now. And of course, I will have links to them in the show notes at smartbitchestrashybooks.com slash podcast. Please check your podcast feed tomorrow, February 2nd, for part three of this special three-episode series on RWA one month later. I will be talking with Jesse Edwards, marketing and PR manager for RWA. Then on February 3rd, You'll hear from Courtney Milan. Would you like to get in touch with me? Do you have things to say? Have ideas? Feedback? I would love to hear from you. The email address here is sbjpodcast at gmail.com. A very special thank you to Garlic Knitter for transcribing all of these episodes and to our podcast Patreon community whose support will make transcripts of the series possible and who make sure that every episode is accessible to everyone. And thank you for listening. I wish you a wonderful weekend and I will see you back here tomorrow. Smart Podcast Trashy Books is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. You can find more outstanding podcasts to subscribe to at frolic.media slash podcasts.